This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach. And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. It's getting a bit trite, Gooey, but... I'm sort of getting to this position where I only care about content if it is coronavirus related. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, also, one of the things that we don't talk about enough, I think, is the fact that my name is Shag, Mm. your name is Peach. Yeah. Nobody ever calls you anything but Peach. Every now and then people call me Tom. So my name's also Tom. Mm. But you also have a few names for me. So when you say Gooey, you're also referring to me as well. That's right. So Gooey and Shag and Shagoo and... Also, there's various complimentary things. Like often behind <laughs> your back, I get really excited. And I'm like, oh, he's probably the greatest copywriter like ever. <laughs> Was the one I'm for not, a while. <laughs> I am not at all. I'm, like, I'm oh. not even the greatest copywriter in my team. <laughs> <laughs> there's just an element where I'm like, look, remember his name because like this will be one of those conversations where you'll be like, yeah, I know someone who knew that guy. Um, so like behind your back, you're like the greatest of all time as well. Is also how. I so let's yeah. talk about you, you know what you were saying before um, yeah it's you, funny though right like mm-hmm. uh, what other subject is there than the fact that everyone's life has changed and like holy shit we're all gonna you know be emerging into a strange new world like me you know i'm doing like legal personality stuff i'm on like three podcasts last week and two this week being like peach tell us tell us how to do social media law stuff save us save us from this oh my guys like i'm just out here like i don't know either but it's like no you knew you knew social media was the way to do law and where those concerns and requests of me come from are people being all consumed by by this which means that i'm not particularly interested in you know the sport that's not on i'm like i don't care that's not coronavirus related and even this shag like what fear can a movie hold for us where a scary virus is already doing the zombie apocalypse on us so what this situation has done for the world it's made us realize how meaningless so much is if it turned out all along that essential workers were the delivery drivers and the supermarket packers and not the people earning six figures, then I, th- I feel like we've realised that the world was in a kind of silly place and it's sort of writing itself a little bit. But I also think art is important more than ever. So what you're saying is that Thomas Piketty was right all along and we're a step Dude. closer to anarcho-socialism. Like, there's only two ways this can go, right? Either, either we go to a slightly more socialist society or it becomes, like, 
you know, Mad Max. It, and, and one of those things is going to happen. Or, or what is actually probably going to happen is it's going to go exactly back to normal in like six months' time. We won't even remember this. This will be this weird blip that no one talks about ever again. So on these podcasts, I'm asked to speculate of like, Peach, what do you think the profession's going to look like in future and stuff? And I'm like, look, pretty much the same. <laughs> but, <laughs> but our clients, you know, who own buildings in the CBD are probably not going to be quite so well off because marginally more people will be working marginally more from home. Everything else will be otherwise identical. That's a really good point. So a few people will lose a bit of money. Some yeah. people will get a little bit more money. And the world will continue as normal because yeah. humankind just sucks. Okay. Well, look, I mean, I, I don't even know what that intro was. It's, oh. Things are crazy right now. Yeah, but, but there is a question about what, what role horror films, you know, what role fictional spooks, what role escapist spooks right. when there are genuine fears and, and genuine anxiety in the world? Actually, that's a super good point. Now, two things. Number one, you know, we are... We are recording on one long spooky night. And as we get closer to episode 52, which is the anniversary one year to the day of whenever you're listening to episode 52, <laughs> weird things start to happen in the studio. Number one, it starts to sound like you and me are recording in different houses. It sounds like you're recording outside with some construction <laughs> around. Like that's some, that's some crazy ghosts <laughs> happening right there. Stacks of poltergeists around here. <laughs> <laughs> just really like handy poltergeists who just <laughs> want to get some shit done. Yeah, look, they, they're poltergeists that know our kitchen's a bit outdated and they're just coming in to, <laughs> coming in to help out. <laughs> they were like, look, there's a view here that you guys aren't taking advantage of. We're just going to haunt, haunt it out for three or four. <laughs> to really haunt this kitchen <laughs> into a really functional place. Okay, but... The thing we don't talk about enough on this podcast, and again, we're not film experts, that I do know that horror films always reflect the fears of the age. So I feel like we're getting better though. Like I feel like I know more about films as a result of this podcast than I ever have. I haven't watched a movie for a long time, <laughs> but, but I do feel like I'm like, I could probably make one. I do think, talking about speculating on the future, I think watching films is going to feel a lot more like reading a Wikipedia synopsis and watching a podcast about it <laughs> rather than actually watching it. I think that's, that's, not, that's not, you know, one thing about the future. But number two, to, to that point, uh, or actually a number two, a side uh, point 1.5. Peach, I'm loving how much you're feeling yourself today. Um, yeah. so, like, often, <laughs> often you come onto the podcast and you're like, oh, the crappest, oh, shut up. And like everything starts with, look, oh, I'm a shitty guy, but here's what I think. Today, you are like, Peach rules, and I love this. I want this energy to continue. <laughs> Is this what happens when I don't have a reshes with me? <laughs> oh. 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 oh, oh, Peach, next episode, I have the biggest rapture surprise for you, but I've got to hold it for <laughs> next episode. So I'm going to hold it for next episode. Okay, can we record straight away another episode after this so I can get the surprise? Uh, I can't because I've got a meeting with a client in 20 minutes because this is what life is like now. Yeah, man. But... I've got to be a guest on another legal podcast later today. <laughs> Sorry, let's go. 20 minutes. Let's do it. So, you know, horror films do reflect the fears of the age. And I think what we're actually going to see out of this is a whole lot of horror films that I don't know what they're going to be about. It's not like an exact one-to-one -one reflection, mm. but I think you're going to see a lot of horror films about, I don't know, being confined in spaces or 
like there'll be a lot more disease related horror films and stuff coming out i think that's what's going to happen can i just give a just a genuine response that i reckon we're going to see a lot more um sort of social anxiety ones a lot more like distrusty type ones you know how you walk down the street now and everyone's keeping a long distance from each other being like hmm mm, i reckon distrust flavored horror films are where we're going and also ones about like racist neighbors because all of a sudden we've all discovered we have a super racist neighbor who knew it was china all along i just need to keep quiet because i'm walking outside that racist neighbor's house <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 Well, let's, let's rewind back to the start of this crazy intro. When you talked about how you assumed that one day I would be famous, which is such a lovely thing, but I'm also almost 40 and that window is, it is, if it's not completely closed, it's, it's up there with being closed. But I remember, I remember years ago when I was like a teenager, I was like, you know, if there's a dream I have, if there's like a thing I want to do in my life one day, I want to be a minor cult figure. Now, I, I want to relate this to the film we're doing today because it is what I would consider a minor cult film. It's not a film that everybody knows about, but it's good enough that the people who do know about it and see it become real advocates for it. It was made for a million bucks. It's since made 26 million at the box office, which is crazy because I think the American box office last week made $5,000 or something. So, it, you know, in today's numbers, making $26 million at the box office is like Blair Witch numbers. It's insane. Um, today, we're doing a super clever, super fun slasher from 2011 called Your Next. That. How did anybody do this? They've been watching us for days. This wasn't a random attack. Man, what a classic preview. Loved watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> hey, Pete, because, because you're pretending to have seen it, what yeah. happened in the trailer for your next? Ah, there's a list, right? Um, so, <laughs> and we work our way through the victims. And the it, it is similar to that um, uh, Simpsons episode where the last, the last man standing gets to own the priceless artworks. And so gradually the people on the list are getting topped off one by one in more extreme ways. Uh, and there's a bit of distrust. It's a very coronavirus, very timely sort of a film. Paige, after this, I, I feel like because you're learning about horror films in such a, like, uh, I guess in such a scholarly way by going through the synopsis of them, I feel like we need to do an episode soon where we write a film together. Oh, I feel, yes. like, I feel like you know what's going on. But anyway, let's do your next because I don't have a lot of time. I'm going to climb the very soon. So, all right. So, we begin you need with... me in on that meeting. People are loving it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd actually be really good, I think. And we just throw to you all the time. Um, it's going well, guys. Shag's the best. <laughs> <laughs> you'd just be like, anytime I said something, you'd be like, oh, listen to this man. He's great. Uh, uh, I'd look very solemn and be like, look, look I just endorse that. Um, I, can't, I, I can't really progress that any further. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly endorse it. Right. Okay. Okay. Speed, okay. speed round, speed round. 
A woman named Erin accompanies her boyfriend, Crispian Davison, to his family reunion. At the so the girl gets home. one name, the boy gets two. Awesome. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. But the girl is the hero of the film. Okay, see. So this is 2011. This is very woke. Post-2010, horror movies start being super woke, unless they're intentionally not woke. So <laughs> there's no middle ground. They're either like, yay! They're either like a full-on Jordan Peele, like, this is a fucking comment on society. Or they're like, can you deal with how much sex and blood there is in this movie? <laughs> um, this is the former. Okay, so at this vacation home in rural Missouri, present are Crispian's parents, Aubrey and Paul, Crispian's older brother, Drake, and his wife, Kelly, Crispian's younger siblings, Felix and Amy, and their partners, Z and Tariq, respectively. Cool. You'll remember all of those people, no worries. <laughs> I also wait. think that there's got to be some comment on the fact that there's, there's a character called Aubrey and Drake. So Thank Me Later was out by 20, came out in 2010, and whatever that, that mixtape was, was 2009. Um, so, yeah, so, so Far Gone was the mixtape, wasn't it? That was 2009. Yeah, yeah. Thank Me Later was 2010. Surely um, 2011 album, the name of which I've just forgotten. Take um, Care. Would, take, yeah, take, take Care would not have been out by this. But yeah, Aubrey and Drake, come on now. Let's do it. This is sick. I can't believe Drizzy's in this. Okay, okay. Sorry, someone's trying to call me. Your clients are so lucky to have you. <laughs> so, okay, so all of these people are at this house at Crispy and Davis's family vacation home, rural Missouri for a family reunion. All right. During dinner that night, someone shoots crossbow bolts through the window, killing Tariq and wounding Drake. Is this, this is just like an Agatha Christie film again. This is like Agatha Christie, two Agatha Christies in a row. All it right. is, it is. But this is, this is a bit better than Urban... Well, I mean, it's a lot better than Urban Legend. Okay, sick. But it doesn't mean it's like the greatest film ever. It just means it's like it's a film that you'd want to watch. Sick. Um, okay, so the, the survivors discover that cell phone reception in the area has been jammed. I don't think that, like... Can't that's not something you can... It's nah. not a thing. It's, it's, <laughs> how do you even do that? Like, what are you talking about? You have to knock down um, three large towers in order for that to happen. <laughs> And even then, it'd be like offline for like a minute <laughs> yeah. before like they you know get satellite. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So Amy runs outside for help, but runs into a garrote wire, which slices her throat, oh. killing her. <coughs> yep. Oh, it's just like an Agatha Christie. Oh, classic Agatha Christie. How good would like uh, like a fried chicken shop or a fried like food shop be called Agatha Crispy? Yep, 10 out of 10, Shag. Your clients are so lucky. You're the best. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, so... In 15 minutes to your <laughs> so Paul brings Aubrey to her bedroom upstairs. When Paul leaves, Fox Mask... So Fox Mask is the bad guy who wears a Fox Mask, cool. appears from under the bed with a machete, and Aubrey screams. The rest of the family rushes upstairs and finds Aubrey dead with the words, you're next, in blood on the wall. Yeah, okay. So I think this is actually pretty fun in that people are being picked off one by one at this family reunion. And now it's like, I'm going to keep killing you. And you're, but that you're, there's no specific you're next. It's just like, somebody's next. That's pretty yeah. spooky, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I'm about it. This is good fun. Apart from the garrote wire. Erin texts 911 and searches for potential weapons. Tiger Mask attacks her through a window, but she escapes by stabbing his hand. 
which is super scary being thinking you're oh. safe standing next to a window and blah blah blah. Anyway. Bloody hell. Kelly returns to the bedroom and discovers Fox mask still hiding under the bed. She panics and runs to the neighboring home. It is revealed that it belonged to a murdered couple from the beginning of the film. Okay, so thanks, Wikipedia. Classic. Maybe tell us. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. It's in the Wikipedia synopsis. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Fuck, guys. Okay, yeah, by the way, yeah. this is like already started writing the, Wikipedia. the Wikipedia synopsis. <laughs> Let's have a flashback in the Wikipedia yeah. synopsis. All right, okay, okay. But this is kind of scary. I feel like this is something that could get you a little bit spooked. Yeah, I'm having fun. Okay, so while she's there, she's attacked by lamb masks. So there's another mask now wearing a lamb. While trying to gain entry, falls inside and is killed. At the original house, Crispian leaves the house in an attempt to fetch the car, only to discover that the car's wiring has been tampered with. He returns to the house to alert the others. He then decides to leave and look for help, despite Erin's pleas. Tiger Mask attempts to kill Erin with an axe, but she manages to kill him first. Now, remember that Erin is kind of the hero of this film and she's already starting to kick ass. So Paul finds sleeping bags and food wrappers that indicate the killers have been staying in the house for some time. He tries to tell Z and Felix, but Fox Mask kills him. It is revealed that Felix and Z hired the assassins, Tom, Fox Mask, Craig, Lamb Mask, and Dave, Tiger Mask, to murder the family so they could collect their inheritance. Ah, which kind of makes hey. so that's why that's why it's happening at a thingy magoo, at a family reunion. Landmask finds Tiger Mask's corpse and flips the dinner table over in rage. He discovers a wounded Drake hiding there, but Aaron stabs him with a screwdriver and he <laughs> retreats, which is fucking <laughs> sick. So unaware of the scheme, Aaron helps Z set up nail traps. Erin explains that she grew up in a survivalist compound where she learned combat and survival skills. Ah, oh, sick. I love it. Co- awesome. It's the coolest trope where the victim turns out is actually like the sickest fighter. And so the whole, the whole first half of the movie, you're like, oh no, watch out everybody. And then the second half, you're like, oh my God, she is going to do damage. Oh, this is sick. I'm uh, having heaps of fun. Felix Lewis Drake to the basement and kills him. So on the upper floor, Erin comes across Paul's body. She jumps through a window to escape Fox Mask, injuring her leg in the process. She narrowly avoids being shot by Lamb Mask and returns to the house. Lamb Mask follows her, but while entering the house, injures himself on one of Erin's nail traps. God, nail trap. Oh, fuck, nail trap. Uh, This is like Home Alone to the extreme. What's actually what Home Alone would be like? <laughs> I think that's kind of... I, I, it, I, if Aaron had like, any Hot Wheels, she'd be putting them on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> While hiding, Aaron overhears an argument between Felix, Z, Fox Mask and Lamb Mask, who reveals that Tiger Mask was his brother. Her cell phone beeps to indicate that her text to 911 has gone through, alerting the killers. Aaron flees the house again, but is text, unable to text run. text messages do that? Like, I'm sorry. They don't go, babe, congrats. We sent you text message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'll give this the benefit of the doubt. Because you know okay. how sometimes it takes a while for something to go through? And then he goes, boo-doo-doo. But I, I agree. I mean, the first thing you do is turn your phone on silent when you're being chased <laughs> by masks. Especially if you're a survivalist expert. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you'd always have your phone on silent. Exactly. That doesn't check out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> this movie sucks. That's a joke. This rules. Erin flees the house again, but is unable to run with her wounded leg, so re-enters through a window and conceals herself nearby. 
When Landmask attempts to enter through the same window, she ambushes and kills him. Oh, sick. Realizing she cannot outrun Foxmask with a wounded leg, Erin sets up a trap at the front door. Foxmask enters the house through a window, so Erin ambushes and kills him in the basement. Z and Felix attempt to kill Erin themselves. Felix stabs Erin, but she kills him using an inverted blender. (laughs) Then uses his knife to kill Z. Felix's cell phone rings and Erin answers without speaking. Believing he's speaking to Felix, Crispian, (gasps) her boyfriend... Yeah, who's gone off to get help. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Crispian apologizes for fleeing instead of helping, revealing that he was in on the murders. He returns to the home and finds Aaron. After he attempts to bribe her into staying quiet, best line in this synopsis so far, <laughs> she kills him in disgust. <laughs> A policeman arrives and shoots Aaron in the shoulder, having seen what? her kill Crispian. Oh, wait, okay. oh, wait, 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 hang on. So... After calling for backup, he attempts to enter the house despite Erin's pleas. Now, you remember what she did to the door? Oh, no, the poor police person. And accidentally becomes the target of Erin's front door trap that was intended for Fox Mask. <laughs> the end of your next. That might be one of my favourites ever. That was super sick. I do enjoy moderate good endings. I do enjoy final girl trope. I do enjoy hints of revenge. Yeah, man, I'm about it. That was sick. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?